Hello and welcome to Counterthought, a podcast dedicated to my counterthoughts about mainstream media, politics, and culture, and the impact on our nation. I am your host, Brian Fletter. You can follow this podcast on its Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast, on Instagram at counter underscore thought, and on Twitter at counter underscore podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Counterthought, Unmasking COVID-19 Requirements. Man, oh man, what a week it has been. I originally was going to record this episode over the weekend, but I decided to hold off because there were already rumblings starting last week uh, regarding updated policies coming from the CDC and also the White House. So I decided to wait a little bit and, woo, man, it's been a busy week on Monday and Tuesday, even heading into Wednesday with additional updates to COVID-19 masking and vaccine requirements, which we're going to dive into here in this episode. But first, thank you again for joining me. Uh, This is, again, the 12th episode of my podcast. Been going three months strong. Thank you for being a listener. And let's dive right in. So going back to last week, which would have been July 19th, you started to see certain organizations, companies, the NFL, schools, colleges, and K-12, and other industries starting to talk a little bit more or actually implement new policies for like the NFL, their upcoming season, Uh, for colleges looking into whether or not they're going to require their students to be fully vaccinated in order to be on campus. Also, certain private companies announcing, I know actually today, um, Facebook and Google are announcing that they're going to require vaccination for people to be able to work in office instead of remote. So you started to see all this unfold. And then late last week, there were reports that the CDC was going to be updating their guidance. I believe uh, Joe Biden in an interview said that that was likely going to happen this week, the week of July 26th. And sure enough, Tuesday this week, that occurred. And we're going to get into that here in a little bit. But I just want to start off with reminding everyone that The whole point of getting the vaccine when it was being rolled out going back to the beginning of this year was to first get the elderly, the most vulnerable, vaccinated. If you could get vaccinated, get them vaccinated. So the 65 plus group. And the whole point of the vaccine was to limit the number of hospitalizations and ultimately the number of deaths. But we've seen some changes in the policy since then, for sure. And then with this latest announcement on Tuesday of this week by the CDC director, uh, Walensky, now I'm wondering, what are we doing? What are we doing? We were just told on May 13th of this year, the CDC updated their guidelines to say that the fully vaccinated adults were now allowed to be maskless 100% of the time and get back to pre-pandemic life. And then in two months... I know some of the data coming in that she referenced with this Delta variant, they're being, I guess, abundantly cautious. But now, as a result of that, announced on Tuesday, they recommended that all students K-12, through all school personnel, anyone on campus, including visitors, need to be masked up all day long. And they also included that even if you are fully vaccinated and you live in a high or substantial COVID case area, which is 50 to 100 or more than 100 cases per 100,000 in population, then you need to be masked up 
But the hospitalization since the rollout and deaths since the rollout of the vaccine have been in a steady decline. Certain states are seeing as few as five deaths related to COVID-19 in the entire state. And others, just a couple handful, maybe a dozen, 20. Now, I know to some people that shocks shocks you hearing the talk about death and just making it seem like it's not a big deal. But when you compare the coronavirus to the flu, what it is every year, to other death rates here within our country, coronavirus, is, COVID-19 is now coming in way down on that list. Way down on that list if we're on pace for just... I don't want to say just because it makes it sound like I'm, I'm not concerned. Every life is important. But on the grand scale of deaths in America, COVID-19 is going further and further down that list. And COVID-0 is never going to happen. Never going to happen. If we told everyone to get fully vaccinated and wear a mask COVID is still going to be transmitted. We're never going to get to COVID zero. It's about time, I think, for the CDC to just make an announcement and treat COVID as the flu. And pharma creating booster shots, basically. And you take the booster shot, whether that's annually or biannually or every couple years or something like that, to protect yourself from the latest strand or variant of COVID-19. These changes are due to the Delta variant. That's what the CDC said on Tuesday. The Delta variant is more transmissible. And the Delta variant right now is accounting for 83% of new cases. However, it remains that 99% of the deaths due to COVID-19 and this Delta variant occur in the unvaccinated individuals. Not the fully vaccinated, but the unvaccinated. And as I mentioned just a Um, A minute or so ago, fully vaccinated individuals are now recommended, not required, recommended to wear masks indoors when in areas of high virus transmission or substantial virus transmission. And the CDC also recommended universal masking for K-12 school, regardless of your vaccination status. But didn't we just go through this whole thing with the teachers' unions and requiring, or the teachers' union stating, AFT, saying that their teachers did not feel safe going back in the classroom with these students. And it was like, well, just just get vaccinated. You're going to be covered at a 95% minimization of the uh, symptoms of COVID-19. And odds are the worst that's going to happen is you may be hospitalized, like a minuscule um percent that that would happen to you, but otherwise it's just going to be like a common cold if you get any symptoms at all. And now we're going to require children K through 12, so as young as five years old, to wear masks all day long. So when is this going to end? Like I just said, we're never going to reach COVID zero. So at what point, what is the number? And no one asks this in the media. I've yet to see it. I've heard people talk about it. People talk about it on the right side, like um, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show they asked this week, like, can we get Dr. Fauci or um, the CDC director Walensky to tell us 
what number has to be hit in fully vaccinated individuals or case rates or death rates or hospitalization rates? What of those numbers, what is the number that has to be hit for each and every single one of those for us to get to the point where we can say we are back to pre-pandemic life and we are treating coronavirus as the flu? When is someone in the media who can actually talk to these people going to ask that question and hold these people to come up with a number? Otherwise, it's just going to continue up, spike in cases, spike in cases. Um, This looks like it could be a little, this variant could be a little bit more transmissible. Let's go ahead and mask up. So now you're vaccinated and masked up. And there's debate if masks actually work. I know there's like three different types. There's cloth mask, your triple layer mask, which is like a basic mask, and then your N95s. But what is the number for those different areas or different categories, case rate, hospitalization rate, death rate, vaccination rate? What numbers do we have to get to in order to resume pre-pandemic life and to take off these masks? Now, this is just, that's just about masking. That doesn't even get into what's actually happening with vaccinations. The CDC continues to call for vaccinations, which, again, I am pro-vaccine, but I'm also pro-freedom. If you don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine, then you've accepted or you've assessed your risks. And you've decided that, hey, there's not a lot of longitudinal data that shows the long-term side effects of getting this vaccine. And I don't feel comfortable, but, you know, I'm in an age group where the likelihood if I got COVID-19 is I'm not gonna, it's not going to result in my death. Then, okay. Don't get vaccinated. At least don't get vaccinated right now until you feel comfortable getting the vaccine. But you are seeing private companies, federal government for sure, we'll start get there in a second, but private companies, sports leagues, schools requiring vaccination for participation. Also this week, along with the update from the CDC, you had the Department of Veterans Affairs, they're the first federal agency, federal department, to announce that they're going to require vaccination of their medical personnel, patient-facing individuals, which I can understand that if you're going to be in a hospital to be treated for anything, comorbidity especially, or already having COVID, you don't want the healthcare professionals treating you to possibly give you the virus. So I can get behind that. That's, That's fine. There's already been talks this week about whether or not the federal government, the administration, is going to require all federal employees to be vaccinated. That'll be interesting to see. I think that lever will be pulled. I do think that the Biden administration is going to tell all federal employees to get vaccinated. I mean, they have that ability to require that. I mean, yeah, to require that. I'll be curious to see what how far they think that through, because if you're going to require your employees to get vaccinated, and the federal employee count is somewhere in the millions. I don't know the exact number, but first you got to consider, okay, how many, what percentage are vaccinated? And if we make the requirement, what percentage are not going to get vaccinated or just going to leave their jobs? And then how long is it going to take for us to fill those positions? I just see that's going to end up going terribly from a logistics standpoint if you set that requirement. I guarantee you tens to hundreds of thousands of jobs will be wide open and then who's going to fill those positions and have the time to fill those positions. So that'll be interesting to see. I think that lever will be pulled, but I don't think it's going to get fully thought through by the administration, but we'll find out. 
Then you have private organizations or sports leagues like the NFL. So what the NFL announced, they have their own policy. And the NFL last year in 2020 during the height of the pandemic was able to complete their full season and postseason. And they want to achieve that also this year for sure. But you'd think it would be a little bit easier with so many individuals vaccinated. They've already announced, every team has announced that they're going to have full capacity in their stadiums. No masks and, and what have you. But then you have the NFL with this policy. And I want you to just listen to what's in here. This is for all 32 teams. If a vaccinated person tests positive and is asymptomatic, he or she will be isolated and contact tracing will promptly occur. The positive individual will be permitted to return to duty after two negative tests at least 24 hours apart and will thereafter be tested every two weeks or as directed by the medical staffs. Vaccinated individuals will not be subject to quarantine as a result of close contact with an infected person. If an unvaccinated person tests positive, the protocols from 2020 will remain in effect. person will be isolated for a period of 10 days and will then be permitted to return to duty if asymptomatic. Unvaccinated individuals will continue to be subject to five-day quarantine period if they have close contact with an infected individual. NFL policy also says persons who had a previous COVID infection will be considered fully vaccinated 14 days after they have had at least one dose of an approved vaccine. So if you have what's considered natural immunity, you've had COVID-19, you have antibodies, all you need is at least one shot and then 14 days to be considered fully vaccinated for the NFL. And then we start to get into the penalization aspect of the policy. NFL policy says, in light of the substantial roster flexibility in place for the 2021 season, absent medical considerations or government directives, games will not be postponed or rescheduled simply to avoid roster issues caused by injury or illness, aka COVID-19, affecting multiple players even within a position group. Now, last season in 2020, the NFL had a policy where you had to have at least X number of position players or players per position available to be able to play. If you didn't, then they would try to reschedule. And if a game is canceled or postponed because a club cannot play due to a COVID spike among or resulting from its non-vaccinated players, and staff, then the burden of the cancellation or delay will fall on the club experiencing the COVID infection. The NFL will seek to minimize the burden on the opposing club that's not responsible for the spike. And if a club cannot play due to a COVID spike in vaccinated individuals, the NFL will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. So if there is a spike among vaccinated individuals, the NFL will help soften the blow for both teams. But if there is a spike because of the unvaccinated individuals, then the team that had the spike will be penalized and the NFL will help the opposing team that did not have the spike. So there you go. You get into penalizing the unvaccinated, which is like an indirect way of incentivizing, wink, wink, incentivizing someone to get vaccinated against their own choice. I heard the analogy used um, this week on TV I can relate to this because I played basketball, but it's like whenever you penalize the entire basketball team and they have to run more sprints, if a single player or two players on the team don't complete the sprints in a certain amount of time, or if you're doing, let's say, a free throw drill to close out practice and you have to 
Everyone has to make at least one of their two free throws. Whoever doesn't make one of their two free throws, then the entire team has to run suicides to end the game or to end the practice. Then that's like what this NFL policy is. You're going to punish the group because of one or a few. Some people say, oh, that's the team concept. But I think it's different in this case because the NFL can say, oh, we're not requiring vaccination for our players, but we're going to make dang sure that we can pressure the unvaccinated players and personnel enough to where we're basically requiring them to get vaccinated if they want to have an easier time this this 2021 NFL season. The policy also states that if a game cannot be rescheduled within the 18-week schedule and is canceled due to a COVID outbreak among non-vaccinated players, the club with the outbreak will forfeit the contest. And that will also be um, show up in the playoff seating. The team will be credited a loss and the other team given a win. Meaning that, <clears throat> meaning that if there was an outbreak, a team's not going to only have played, or based on the record, only have played 16 seasons instead or 16 games instead of 17. It'll be a loss for one team and the win for the other. And then if a game is rescheduled due to a COVID outbreak among unvaccinated players on one of the competing teams, the club experiencing the outbreak will be responsible for all additional expenses incurred by the opposing team and will also be required to pay any shortfall between actual and expected payment to their VTS tool, TS pool. There's another um, incentive for players to get vaccinated because now the club is responsible for paying due to a cancellation or due to a rescheduling. And if a game is canceled and cannot be rescheduled within the 18-week schedule due to a COVID outbreak, neither team's players will receive their weekly paragraph 5 salary. There's another incentive. We're not requiring our players to be vaccinated, but if you don't get vaccinated and you have an outbreak, then you won't get paid. Neither team will get paid. Your team that the outbreak occurred on is also responsible for the expenses of being able to reschedule the game within the 18 game season, but we're not requiring our players. We're just going to make it really difficult for those unvaccinated players. So what the NFL is doing is they are dancing around the legality of requiring vaccination for employees, which I touched on um, in an earlier episode. It was stated that if companies are going to require vaccination for employees, they need to make sure that they do not get into any additional questions, any health questions outside of just COVID-19, because then you get into the legality of the ADA and a potential whole legal mess if you ask too many questions. So the NFL is dancing around this, dancing around the legality of requiring vaccination for its employees, but also accomplishing their end goal, their employees being vaccinated by indirectly applying pressure to get vaccinated. Now, at the start of this episode, we mentioned schools, especially K through 12, but colleges. School starts for colleges soon too, right? Within anywhere from three, four weeks, maybe up to a month and a half, depending on if you're where you are in the country. But there are nearly 500 colleges that are at least requiring on-campus or residential students to be fully vaccinated for the fall 2021 semester. Nearly 500 colleges. Now, if you look at the data for college-age students without comorbidities, if you're a healthy individual and you are between 18 and will go to a master's degree, 
24 years old, 26 if you want to go up to like a doctorate. That is one of the safer or safest groups out of the whole vaccination for adults, 18 and up. That is the safest group, 18 to 24 to 26 years old. But what I wasn't able to find out is of these 500 colleges that are at least requiring on-campus or residential students to be fully vaccinated, are these 500 colleges offering online classes as an alternative? And if they aren't, this seems like another example of, hey, if you want to attend school, you have to get vaccinated. Another way of pushing these people who may not want to get vaccinated to get vaccinated. Not directly, but indirectly. And then you have different local state mandates. According to NBCNews.com, you have nine different states and Washington, D.C. that currently have mask requirements in some or all situations for vaccinated and unvaccinated people. Those nine states are California, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Nevada, New Mexico, New York, Virginia, and Washington. And locally, since I'm coming to you from Orlando, Florida, the Orange County Tax Collector's Office announced on Wednesday, announced one day after the CDC's um, update with the recommendation for masking, whether or not you are, even if you are fully vaccinated, the tax collector's office here in Orange County, Florida, which is the greater Orlando, which is Orlando in the greater Orlando area, the office announced that they will require vaccination of its employees, which is a couple hundred employees. There are going to be medical and religious exemptions, but the employees have been told that they have to get vaccinated within a certain amount of time. I believe it's around three months or they need to find another job. The tax collector, Scott Randolph, says that because his tax collector office or department is funded, paid, paid for by pe- taxpayer dollars, that they have the responsibility to not incur the health care costs associated with hospitalization from COVID-19. And then a couple of weeks ago, you had Los Angeles County out there in California, which includes um, LA and X million number of people. But you had Los Angeles County in California over a week ago, going back, I believe, maybe three weeks now, that they returned to requiring masks while in public indoor settings, regardless of vaccination status. They saw a spike in cases out there, but I was reading more about it today. The spike in cases, guess what it's a result of? It's unvaccinated individuals. And cases doesn't mean everything. You can have a case and not get hospitalized, so we really should be paying attention to hospitalization and death rates. If you see a spike in cases, that's one thing. And yes, something could be going on, but, but we need to be paying attention to the hospitalization and death rates. So as I said at the start of this episode, what is the end goal of our public health officials of the Biden administration? When is somebody going to ask what numbers we need to get to if we can get to them for vaccination rate, case rate, hospitalization rate, and death rate to be free from COVID-19 and get back to our pre-pandemic lifestyle? When is someone in public health going to admit that COVID-0 is unattainable? And that COVID-19 is going to become like the flu. Require a shot every year. Protects against X number of variants. You know, 
no guaranteed for a hundred percent, but this is how it's going to be. And you can get back to your pre-pandemic life. I think that if the public health officials acknowledge that, then the CDC won't have to come out every couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months and make new recommendations. And then to some look like they're losing credibility because of the changes that they're making. People are saying that they're flip-flopping. Just admit what is going to happen. COVID zero is not possible. And let's get back to pre-pandemic life. Every adult and teenager, 18 or 19, can get vaccinated and has had the opportunity to get vaccinated. So like I said, I am pro-vaccination for adults, not for children, especially not for what they're looking to eventually get to, which is vaccination for children under 12 years old. We don't need to treat our children as guinea pigs with this one. Let's get some real data out there. And if children are ever threatened by COVID-19 from like a death rate perspective, then let's look into vaccinations for children, but, but not now. There's no data to support that. But since every adult and teenager, 18, 19, that has had an opportunity to get vaccinated could get vaccinated, if they chose not to get vaccinated, like I said, I'm also pro-freedom, and hopefully those people decide not to get vaccinated because they assessed their risks and said, hey, I'm going to wait on this one a little bit. Or maybe I'm never going to get vaccinated, but I know, based on the statistics, that the likelihood that I'm going to end up hospitalized and or dead is extremely small, and I'm fine not being vaccinated. So if the point of the vaccine was to protect yourself, and it seems successful in doing so regarding hospitalizations and death, then why, as a vaccinated individual, should I be worried about others choosing not to get vaccinated? And if we continue to have variants and these variants adapt and the vaccines are no longer effective enough, then like the flu, let's develop these boosters, lack of a better term, to account for these different variants every year or however often, and then get back to life, pre-pandemic life. COVID zero is not possible. And I think the longer that the public health officials make it believe that it is possible, the more we are going to distrust these public health officials because the messaging hasn't been clear. So then when the messaging isn't clear, it results in distrust and flip-flopping. So I suggest that these public health officials start showing the data in support of what they are, what they are putting out there. They're saying mask up. Well, a lot of people say that masks don't work, or at least not enough to warrant having to wear them, especially when you are um, when you are fully vaccinated. Little cloth gator masks and things, not enough. Triple layer, better. N95 would be the best, but you're not going to have a child be able to wear N95. And besides, children don't transmit the virus at a rate that adults do. So just just keep the kids out of this one, right? If kids start to become at risk, then we'll save the children. But all of these different vaccine or COVID-19 requirements, they need to be unmasked. I believe it's time to get back to pre-pandemic life. I'm pro-vaccine. I'm pro-freedom. I think everyone, every adult who can get vaccinated should get vaccinated. But I understand that they don't have to get vaccinated. And one thing I don't like is I do not like these private entities and other organizations 
forcing or making it seem like they are forcing their employees to get vaccinated. I think that's a very um, bad precedent to set, and I think it could have very detrimental effects for these organizations and private entities that are that are doing this. Like I said, if more and more of these requirements are put out there, more and more of these levers are pulled, which I believe they will, they will be, I don't think the thought is going to be there whenever these employees push back and say, no, I'm not getting vaccinated and I'm gone. And then I think a lot of these companies, these entities are going to have a hard time trying to fill those positions and replace the individuals that said, nope, you can have your job, I'm leaving, and I'm going to go find work elsewhere. There's already a work issue, unemployment issue going on in America. And I believe that if the federal government and private companies begin to push people and push this vaccine requirement for employment, that is just going to make unemployment even worse. Let's get back to pre-pandemic life. Get vaccinated. Talk to your doctors. Protect yourself the best way that you can. And respect those who assessed their risk and are fine without being vaccinated. All right, that's it for this episode. Remember to subscribe and engage with me on Instagram at counter underscore thought, on Twitter at counter underscore podcast, and on the Counterthought podcast page on Facebook. Thank you for listening to Counterthought.